All right. Hello and welcome to the um Couple XY podcast. Yeah, I totally <laughs> blanked on the name. I think I was trying to go back to our original Don't Say and Stuff podcast. Yeah, we don't need to bring that up. That was a that was a beta <laughs> test. A year-long beta test. Um so uh hello everybody. Thank you for joining us to all our listeners out there. Yes. And hope. if you are new, thank you for stopping by and giving us a listen. Yep. Hope everyone had a good Halloween. Ah, the Halloween. Fun and safe Halloween. Yes. We are now into November. Yes. Uh, Thanksgiving uh, time. Yes. Let us not skip Thanksgiving for Christmas. Let us enjoy Thanksgiving. Yes, let us enjoy Turkey Day. This Turkey Day is great. It is a good day. It's a, a day of gluttony. Day of gluttony, yes. <laughs> um, and green bean casserole. Yes. And very good. I make very good green bean casserole. Are we good? Should we hold off on talking about Thanksgiving until it gets a little closer? Yeah. Okay, so we won't do a, like, like a big thing about it right now. No. All right, so uh, anyway, for, for those of y'all joining us, thank y'all for joining us. Um, hey, baby, you want to go ahead and start a timer for us? Yes. We're going to include the witty banner in our timer because I don't know if this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> you don't have faith in our uh, subject matter today. I'm not, uh, no, no, no. This is definitely not my wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah, we're trying something new today. So, uh, how's your week been? Uh, this week, I've, it I've just started. We've both been we, sick. Yeah, we have both been sick. I apologize if I sound nasally and if I'm not projecting as well as I should be because I am at a, my voice is at a lower octave than it usually is because I'm all froggy and gross. And we both have a little, like, runny nose right now, so if yeah. you hear a sniffle or two... Sorry. Sorry. We're not professionals. No. We don't have a cough button. I mean, technically we do have a cough button, but we're not set up to use we the cough We don't have button. a producer to hit it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're not professionals at all. No. That's why we have no intro music or anything else. Right. We just go into it. And just jump right in. Yep. So, yeah, we're both playing a little hurt this week, uh, but we're going to bring out this this um, one. We, uh, we did survive, though, and that's more mm-hmm. than I can say for the movie we watched. Oh, baby. Oh, because <laughs> it funny. does involve death. It does involve death, yes. So what we're going to try today is we're going to do a movie review. Yes. This is this is Rosie's idea. It was my idea, my suggestion for the movie. Mm-hmm. So um, today we're going to be talking about Soul. Uh, Pixar, Disney. Disney Pixar's Soul. Right. Um, I believe it was released in 2021. Um. It is about, I'm looking it up on my phone, 2020, excuse me. Yeah, it was a while ago. So, spoilers. So, the synopsis of Soul, for anyone who hasn't uh, seen it, is it revolves around a man named Joe Gardner. Uh, Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. So, um, spoiler alert. There will be spoilers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about the movie in its entirety. So, if you haven't seen it, you might want to pause and watch it and come back to us when when you finished it. Um, It was... I... I really enjoyed it. Now, this is your second time watching it? My second time watching it. Your first time watching it. My first time. So, um, and I, I enjoyed it, um, more the second time around. Um, I caught little glimpses of stuff that I didn't see in the first time. Um, but I knew that you weren't as 
moved by it as I was. I was not moved at all by it. Okay. I didn't. It was there, but it was not, it's not even near the top of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. Right. It's I, not at my top favorite pic- Disney Pixar movies either. Um, um, I didn't. It's just a very fascinating concept to me. Some of the concept was 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 interesting, but the overall movie I thought was bland. Okay. Um, I didn't find. All right. So the voices. Um, Joe is voiced by Jamie Fox. Yes. And um, the um, the soul. Twenty two is her name. Is voiced by Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Yes. So I didn't find that Jamie Fox's performance was very good. I found it to be kind of flat and dull. Okay. Uh, did not. I mean, he was no Robin Williams as the genie. Oh no, absolutely not. But like they're they're little blue people, but they're not blue genie awesome Robin Williams people. Tina Fey had a couple of funny, you know, lines in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which you I, did laugh a, a little bit. I did laugh out loud a couple <laughs> of times. Yeah. But it was not like I, I just didn't feel like the they were voicing it with with real passion. You know, it didn't it didn't come through as really great voice acting to me Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest like jamie fox i've never been impressed with his with his acting or his voice work very much um he just like i'm trying to remember the name of that uh movie that i think it was him i'm not getting them mixed up but he played a uh uh, a guy with schizophrenia who was also a cellist, um, and that, wi- and that was with Robert Downey Jr. as sort of his like pseudo social worker, not really. Um, and that was the really the only uh, part that he's played that I was like very like like extremely devoted and like emotionally connected to. Not Everything else, he's just been kind of bland. What about in Ray? Ray? He did win an Academy Award for Ray. He did. Um, honestly, like, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't that engaged with Ray. I wasn't engaged. I, I don't know. I don't I, know if it was just, like, because that was, like, I feel like in the midst of this, like, music biopic Yeah, but sort he, got, of he did his before Joaquin Phoenix did the Johnny Cash Walk the Line one, right? I, we'd have to, we'd okay. have to check. Um, but I feel like it was all in the same time. It period, was very you know? close. Like, like yeah. The, yeah, there was quite a few that came out right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had the um, the funny one, the the uh, uh, walk uh, hard, walk hard. Yeah, <laughs> the the parody. Yes, which was really the only one I enjoyed. I I, I didn't enjoy them. Um, you didn't enjoy walk the line. Not really. It just mm-hmm. kind of that Ray just kind of was like showing like. A lot it's of a very formulaic way of doing a biopic. And, and they just did Elvis, which yeah. I think we talked about on right. a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched we that. About Elvis. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just not my genre. It's not my, my favorite thing. I don't, I don't so much enjoy a movie, uh, I, you know, biography. I would rather just see a really good biography. Right. That's, that's told... Not with acting, and then this is kind of the same way I am with uh, a lot of history. I don't enjoy the history shows that are more uh, history drama shows, like the the ones that try to, you know, put acting in there. I kind of like my history shows to be a little drier. I like a very dry history show. Yeah, and I don't like a very dry history show. 
Um, I was going back to Seoul. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Google users had ra- has rated it 89%. I've liked this movie. So um, I d- will say that when I hit play and I remembered that, oh, it's about jazz, I was like, crap, because I know that you don't like jazz. It's not that I don't like jazz. I just don't love jazz. Okay. People either love jazz or they... I don't hate jazz. I'm apathetic toward jazz. I like live jazz. Like again, I'm apathetic. I feel it. like it's an experience, mm. you know. But yeah, you you don't care either way. Yeah, I'm I'm I just don't really care. I I, I have no like, I have no caring about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I'm going to buy a CD for or anything like that, or download an iTunes <laughs> buy a CD for. I'm dating myself. <laughs> Go buy the record. Buy a CD. <laughs> what? I mean, you can buy a record. That's pretty cool. That's that's in nowadays to buy a record for something. Yeah, vinyl, you know, yeah, vintage. Vinyl's back in. Um, <laughs> uh, but so let's start, like, let's start at the beginning of the movie and let's just go all the way through. Okay. Um, so the beginning. Well, before we do that, let's talk about a few of the other things. We've talked about how we both feel about it. Now, um, anytime you have an animated movie, you also have the artistic side of it. So, right. how do you feel about that? The what? animation? Yes. Um, I really enjoy it. Well, it's Pixar. I mean, Pixar can do no wrong in my brain. See, like, I didn't enjoy I, it. Oh. So, you enjoyed it. You you pointed out some details to me about it, like mm-hmm. the, the, the sweat after a performance. The sweat, the peach fuzz. When they, uh, there was a, uh, a close-up of a woman playing, the woman playing the saxophone, mm-hmm. and they digitally added peach fuzz. To her face. So that, that little subtle details like that, like really drive it home for me. And like, I, I get really giddy about. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple of things I noticed about it. One, um, the ethnic makeup of the movie was very diverse. Yes. Uh, but it is set in New York City. So that can be somewhat uh, anticipated. Mm-hmm. But having a um, East Asian um person as the cellist seems weird in a Harlem type jazz band. I feel that was thrown in there. Yeah. The bassist. Oh, you mean the bassist. Bassist. Okay. Um, It's a cello, right? Or a bass? It's a bass. Okay. You're you're, you're the symphony. Yeah. In in a jazz quartet, it's a bass, not a cello. Okay. The bass player was Asian. Yeah. Which I thought was not necessary. I think you could have had, you know, the quartet all being black. Because they're, it seems like they're trying to uh, bring back that Harlem Renaissance feel. Right. So, um, so there was a, a the ethnic makeup was very diverse, mm-hmm. um, and I think too much so in some aspects. Okay. Um, I think, uh, like movies like Soul and like uh, Princess and the Frog, like these are. These these are um, movies that Disney is you know trying to be start to be inclusive, mm-hmm. and I think it's very important that we start to, that you know film starts to do that. And I understand that I this and, and like when you see the sidewalk um, shots of New York and and the overall like makeup, it's very diverse, and I understand that New York is a very diverse place. So I think they nailed that. Right. 
I think just in the sense that if you look at a um, a jazz quartet in Harlem, I feel like it would normally be for uh, African Americans or blacks, how, like people, however you want to you know phrase it. But um, I think it, that that's how it would be. Uh, okay. So I think that they kind of tried a little too hard in that. That, that. That's just my little like thing. But here's what really bothered me on the animation. Okay. Joe's hands were too big. <laughs> they, they were just weirdly shaped and big. They were, okay, so here's why I think they, they did that because, so, okay, nerd, nerd alert. Um, they recorded, um, I don't remember, his, I don't know his name. He's on one of the late night shows. He's a pianist uh, for <laughs> one of the bands. Yes, pianist. <laughs> we're 12. Um, and they recorded from 40 different angles. They recorded him playing the piano from 40 different angles so that they could get the animation just right on his hands. Mm -hmm. So I think they made Joe's hands a little bit bigger on purpose so that they could get the fingers just right for playing the piano. That's kind of what I figured watching it is Mm -hmm. why they were so like out of proportion. Yeah. Um, but it just, it seemed very out of proportion. And I mean, when you see, do you know like the term piano fingers? No. Okay. So piano fingers um, are, it's like a, not a condition, but it's it's something that happens when someone has played the piano for a very long time is that your uh, fingers start to arch up like that when you're holding it flat. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think having maybe longer finger, yeah, having bigger Longer and bigger hands, hands would longer probably help. Would, would help play, with playing the piano and being dexterous. Yeah, I mean, I guess to an extent. I know, like, little side note on this. Um, my grandfather uh, was a boxer in the army during the Korean War, mm-hmm. um, which is why he didn't do frontline service because he was so good at boxing. He was like the regimental champion. Didn't he also cook? That's why he was a cook. But what they wanted to make him first was a typist. Okay. But because he was a fighter, his hands were so gnarled <laughs> and his knuckles were so, like, like messed up from, from fighting that yeah. he couldn't type. Oh. So he ended up being a cook. Okay. And could crack, like, four eggs. In he could crack time. four eggs. He could take four eggs at a time, crack them, and, like, throw them into a bowl for scrambling and never put a shell in it. <laughs> was he tall or just, like, large? Large. Okay. Um. So... I'm five foot seven, five foot eight. Mm-hmm. So my father is probably what five ten. Yeah, something around there. I think he would be between us. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. So yeah, piano hands. Um. Okay, so that's just a little bit on the the like animation, both how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I will say that it was a little. Like I understand why it was this way, but it was it was a little stylized for me. The, um, the the features were pretty exaggerated. Yes. Okay. So one of the things I did notice was the um, uh, the 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 people in the soul realm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, James. What were their names? Uh, the Jerry's. Jerry's. Jerry's and Terry's. Mm-hmm. So, did it remind you there was an there's an artistic style or an artist who did. Yes. I was trying to think of the name of the artist the other day and I can't remember. Okay. It's driving me crazy. I think it's, it's probably a Picasso. I, I, it seems I think like it's, it's Picasso. Picasso. Yeah. It's that like triangular face. Cubist. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. 
So I, I did like recognize that mm-hmm. part of it. Which I really enjoyed that aspect. I really enjoyed the great before. I I, I enjoyed that. Like that was a little something that I picked up and I, I did enjoy that. But the rest of the great before seemed a little lazy in its animation. I, I felt like the, the animation was good, but in some aspects a little lazy too. Like the great okay. before I felt was lazy. The design of the souls was a little lazy to me. They're just kind of blobs. Yeah, they're cute little blob children. Right. Little blue blob children. But they're all identical, very easy, you know, animation. Right. So which compared to some of like their other animation, like Pixar's other stuff, it seems at times a little lazy. And then, Possibly. And at they, other times, like, great. Because, like, in New York City, it, it was, I think the, the background and hitting that city was really good. Right. Yeah, it is interesting. It goes from the, like, the uber diversity of New York City to this very sort of um, very, like, very stylized, very monot- monochromatic, um, similar... Uh, like duplicate character mm-hmm. of all the souls within the soul realm. The pre-life. The, yeah, the the great before. The great before, because yeah. that's what they call it. Um, okay, so let's get a little bit into how the movie goes. So we start off with Joe being a middle school band, band teacher, part-time band teacher. Part-time band teacher. He gets offered tenure, mm-hmm. and at the same time gets offered a gig to play in a quartet. Um, and he nails his, like, uh, and he has some mother issues. Yeah, I mean, we, there's the classic, like, your parents want you to have a career that's lucrative mm-hmm. so that they, so that you don't have to struggle. So that's her, her worry. So Joe is, you know, he's battling between, like, do I just accept this offer, this full-time teacher position to, you know, have the pension and the security and everything, or do I follow my dream of being a jazz musician in a quartet? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I'm like, well, why can't you have both? That's my thing. Like, you don't have to, maybe you, you don't, like, you can be the, the jazz musician in New York City. Yeah, you, you can be teacher by day, jazz musician on the weekends. Right. You don't have to, you know, travel the road and stuff like that. Right. But I think that's what he wants. I think he feels so much, his dream is so driving him. That it's it's almost impeding his ability to adult. Like you either right. it's all or nothing to him. Yes. Yeah, I get that. Um I think he might have been in his midlife crisis. Maybe? Maybe, but it, it seems like when he I mean, gets he his has job offer it, yeah, he is in a midlife. Um, but when he gets his job offer, he immediately doesn't want to take it. Right. And then he feels like it's probably to him. He feels like he's selling out, giving up on his dream. Yeah. So I, I can understand that, but it's not a message that I believe in. Like, I think you can have dreams and have a career. Yeah. And, but so he continues on. He, and he goes to the uh, audition and nails it. Yeah. And he talks a lot about inspiration in it and, like, just feeling the music, feeling the jazz, and just going your own way. Right. I don't know how much that, like, the the improvisation of jazz is a big thing to him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about it a little bit with one of his students and continues on. Um, so the movie really kicks off after he has the rehearsal, right? Right. And then what happens? And so he's who did he call after he nailed the audition? I can't remember. Um, he calls somebody. Oh, I think he's talking to the guy who had invited him, the drummer. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so he's on. He's he's left the club. He's on his phone. He's walking around New York City. He walks into a construction zone, and he's completely oblivious because he's really excited and talking on the phone. And then he walks. Basically, just takes a step and falls into a manhole. Mm-hmm. And dies. And dies. It is pretty much dead. Dead. Yeah, his soul leaves his body. Right. And is taken into the afterlife or toward the afterlife. Okay, and it's... Towards the great beyond. The great beyond, which they don't really say what that is and why it's people like, want to go there. You know, mm-hmm. were, were every, was everyone else, like, told what the great beyond was and they're really excited about doing it or what? Because they're, they're still Yeah, he's this, the like, only one that seems really... Confused. Confused and kind of scared by it. And you would think there'd be more of that. Right. Um, because not all the people who die know they're going to die. There's accidents all the time. Yeah, there is. So um, it's like this conveyor belt to the great beyond. And it's just like this light. And mm-hmm. I, I understand. But that's where it kind of ends. It doesn't really say a lot about what the great beyond is. They, it doesn't really say why the people are are okay with going there. Like, I can understand the only person he talks to really is the one older woman. Yeah. Who, I mean... Who's 108. She, yeah, she's at the end of her life. She's ready. Right. But, like, there's no other interaction. It's just left dead. It's left flat. And that's weird to me. Well, he runs down the conveyor belt and he hits a crowd. Right. Which is also weird to me. Like, why was it, like, very... It's first was very there a natural, sparse. Was there a natural disaster that's and all of a sudden <laughs> a bunch of people were dead? That's what I'm wondering. Like, like how is this, like, Was a there a crowd? genocide? What just happened? Yeah, it's like you have... It's very sparse. One or two people... And then as he's running away, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And then he's just in this crush of people like, you know, Crocodile Dundee in, like, <laughs> the subway, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure that was just, like, a that was just a creative decision so mm-hmm. that we could see him alone on the conveyor belt and see the expanse of of the nothing into going towards the great beyond. But it seems like everyone else is okay with going. He's the right. only one who isn't. And that's weird. Like there's no guide. There's no like. Yeah. No one's saying, no one's there saying, Hey, it's okay. You're just going, you're just taking your next step in your existence. Right. So that's why it's, it's it, that's a little like loophole, like didn't get explained. Like the movie has parts like that to me. Okay. Okay, so now he bails off, right? Yeah, he fine, falls fine. off the conveyor belt into the space-time continuum. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up in... The Great Before. The Great Before. Yeah. Um, and you can talk a little bit about The Great Before because I think you really like this. So, yeah, I really like The Great Before. I like the concept of um, soul creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This idea that we're born with our personalities instilled in us. Okay. When they were in the great before and they were given these personality traits, did you notice they were all negative personality traits? <laughs> like, did you, Not there, all of them there's were. There's literally one. One was excitable. One was 
they, they narcissist. Uh, yeah, there selfish. was there was one that was a megalomaniac. The, like, why would they make that a personality trait? Yeah, they made this person horrible. And, yeah, and the theory is is that you don't develop personality traits; you're given them before right. you're you're even born. Which I guess is yeah is problematic. Like, is this brings back this brings the whole nature versus nurture idea? Um, is someone born a monster or someone made a monster? Um, like. Was Hitler born a megalomaniac, or was he driven a to that product point? of of circumstance that right. drove him to that? Yeah. So there was yeah there was a lot of like negative personality traits in there, which I guess was put in there to make it funny. Right. But it didn't like seem they were producing a lot of sweet, innocent, cool people. They were just like, yeah, not people were everyone was jerks, and the people who were going, even if they had all these horrible personality traits, seemed happy. Like, all the little things, right, all the well little souls seem very happy. I mean, they don't know anything, and they're in this this playground, basically. That's what the great before is. It's just this playground. You can't get hurt. You mm-hmm. literally cannot get hurt. Yeah, they talk about that. Yeah. Although that that actually comes back later on when he, like, gets at the very end. Like, she throws something at him, and it seems to hurt him. <laughs> when? When she is a lost soul. She throws something at him. Yeah, he's trying to get to her. And We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Go on. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, they're they're newborn souls. They don't know anything. They're like toddlers. They're just amazed by the world around them. Um, they're blank slates. And there's these entities, Jerry's. These Jerry's, yeah. That help them through, mm-hmm. um, which seem very nice. Yeah. I like the Jerry's. I think they're horrible people. You, yeah, because they're mean to the Terry. They're, they're mean to the Terry. Okay, so the Terry is the accountant. Yes, the Terry is the accountant of souls. And so he is portrayed as kind of a little rat. Right. He's so, I don't even know if to call him a he. It. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. No, I think it has a male voice, so we're going to go with he. I, it sounds like a, a female voice to me. Okay. So Terry was. Terry. Australian or something like that. Something like that. So there's the Jerry's who are supposed to be angelic and floaty and above everything and very nice. The guides. The guides. And then there's the Terry who is just this accountant. Right. Who keeps track of the souls. With all the abacuses and all this from everywhere. So when Joe busts out, Terry gets off count. Yep. And so. And it's a really big deal. It's a big deal to him because this is his job. Right. And the Jerry's are kind of jerks to him about it. They're very dismissive. Are they? Uh, yeah. They don't really care, and they don't really... He's like, I'm going to go find it. And they're like, okay, whatever. I think their job as Jerry's is to not panic. I can understand that, but they just dismissed him almost completely. They didn't even, like, try anything other than, like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything's great. We're Jerry's, ha, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> even later on, they give him a trophy, and it's only because he asked for one because he did a good job and he wanted recognition. And, like, the Jerry's were mean to him. Like, the Jerry's <laughs> are jerks. And, like, you don't, like they, they're just really, really bad to this guy who's just doing his job. His job is to be anal. Right. <laughs> oh. So there's a personality conflict. Mm-hmm. The Jerry's are these they're the jocks are they they're the jocks and terry's the nerd yeah okay i could see that 
Okay. So, so while Joe is in the great before, mm-hmm. he has some. Um, He's trying to get back to Earth, and he, he sees this hole that goes to Earth, and he keeps jumping through it, and he keeps zapping him back. Yeah. And then he starts to learn a few things about the great before, like? Like it's where every soul finds its spark. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the movie, he thinks that the spark is um, someone's purpose. And he sees his purpose as music. Um, so... The so to help souls find their spark, they are offered. They are given a mentor. So they have like other things like they and we touched on this. They they get all these little personality like six personality traits or something like that. Yeah, I think there were six spaces on their little their little badge. Their little badge, and once the yeah. badge is complete, it turns into a little earth, and they and they and they go jump off. And I, I guess they just land in the soul of a baby. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really they, explain it. <laughs> they land. <laughs> like the baby is born and then boop soul or maybe like impregnation happens there they're in a sperm or an that's egg. probably why they didn't do that because that would have been controversial yeah it would have been hard to like explain that like when it's when they got its soul when does the soul go in exist Ooh. Ooh. yeah disney was like we don't want to get into this nope we don't want to get into this no <laughs> this must have been before uh the the girl who was in florida who started all the fight with uh the santos was there uh, you you don't remember that like when like DeSantos like uh, Santo DeSantis DeSantis the the Florida governor he like revoked like um, Disney all of Disney's tax exemptions because they were too woke for him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that ended up. I don't know. I don't know. He, I mean, he's just trying. Disney to, World is still in Florida. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the whole thing is basically like this guy is just trying to push your buttons. Uh, like he's trying to click all those Republican boxes so he can be the next president. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I mean, he needs to just calm his tits. But yeah, like nobody cares. Like if you don't, if other people don't care, nobody cares. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like if they don't wrong, stop you, trying to make people care about things. Yeah, like look, don't tell me like like I have to tell you my pronouns. But if you want to tell me yours, live your life. Okay, I was talking about DeSantis. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. He was like, you know, he wanted to make sure no one said their pronouns. That they could only be this and that. And that's all those, oh. you know, going against, uh, um, ah, this is getting way off topic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so the mentorship program in The Great Before, mm-hmm. um, which they're, they have rebranded it the the U seminar. Um I'm actually really proud of myself for remembering all these little things. <laughs> um so the mentors are these excuse me these fairly famous figures from history. But not infamous. Not infamous, no, but See, famous. This is this is another thing I have like on What's this. your issue? So okay, so twenty two so the numbers matter. Okay. Yeah, have you noticed this? Like, what, the soul that went before her was in the billions or millions or yes. something like that. And then we have 22. Yes. And then when you look at 22, she's gone through hundreds, if not thousands, of mentors. Thousands of years, so thousands of mentors, yeah, so I'm sure. Yeah, so her number is very low. 
Yes. So she's been there since 22. She was the 22nd soul. Yeah, so she's been there for millennia. Yeah. Going through this whole process and this whole cycle because she's got everything filled except for her spark. Right. And every mentor is supposed to give them their spark. But here's my thing, and this goes back to Hitler. Okay. Was Hitler's spark given to him by a bad person? That Even made him back. Hitler? Like, in, in this, in this By realm. By an infamous person? Yeah, like, in this realm. I don't think the Jerry's would appoint an infamous person. But there are infamous people. Like, people are bad. Okay. So your spark might be something bad. So, like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, they... That they, makes me think of the scene where they're, um, they're trying to find her spark, and she is looking at the fire... Yes. And she's like, oh, that's so pretty. I kind of just want to let it burn. <laughs> He's trying to get her to put it out, and she yeah. goes, wants to keep letting it burn. <laughs> so, I mean, like, what, what what happens when it's like that? Like, she, it kind of. You get your megalomaniacs. Yeah. So, so one of the things was, like, like she goes to her little private area, and she has all the name tags of her just mentors. Just a box. It's just a box. It literally <laughs> says just a box, so no one enters, I guess. Yep. And, like, um, she, when she's in there, like, her wall of mentors that have washed out, and, like, Johnny Cash is very prominent. Yeah, we, sh- we really should have gone back and paused it and read all the names. I, I actually looked it up. There were a lot. Oh, okay. Of, like, um, and, and some of them, Joan of Arc, Copernicus. Um, Pretty much, like, every Greek philosopher. There, and there's Greek philosophers on there. Um, uh, uh, some of the really interesting ones Carl are. Carl Jung and. Uh, yeah, there was, there was some guys who were instrumental in like um pixar's the early pixar stuff like Aww. the guy who did like toy story and yeah. like they were on the wall that's cute um and that's kind of like some of the little easter eggs but mm-hmm. so so amelia Earhart, i think's in there yeah. um so all these really famous like good people but there's yeah. no napoleon Mm-mm. there's no hitler no there's no like joseph stalin no you know but those Dude, people those exist to exist too so right? does that does that but bring up the point that they were trying to gloss over that some of the mentors were horrible like joe pretends to be this child psychologist that he just grabbed a name tag right yeah um this this child psychologist or does he is he a scientist i don't know um a biologist i don't know uh so yeah so um he is thrust into the mentor program. They think he is Dr. Brugel, whatever, um, and assign him to 22's case. And, um, yeah, 22, uh, like, he he eventually admits to 22 that he is not actually... He's a fraud, he's which a fraud. makes her, like, actually like him more. Yes. Because and she realizes that he's telling the truth and not trying to trick her. Um, and then they make this deal to find her spark, and then she can just give him the badge because she wants to stay in the she great before because she likes it there. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to live. Mm-hmm. She's too afraid to live. Um, and yeah, Joe is desperate to get back to Earth and get back into his body and get back into his concert. Um, so they go to the hall of everything. Which and literally is everything. Which is literally everything. Anything you can try. So the Hall of Everything must have murder in it. They have archery bad at things some in point it. and arson. 
Yeah. Is it the hall? Is it literally the hall of everything, or is it the hall of like every occupation imaginable? Or only the good stuff? Is there cannibalism? Is in there? <laughs> like, is, did Jeffrey Dahmer go in there and be like, "Hey, this is what I want to do"? <laughs> oh no. Yep. That's. I'm dark. Yeah. This is. This is the interesting the question. The interesting questions that this movie like brings up is like, are we born bad or are we made? But bad. it doesn't really touch on that. It just tries to make it very rosy. But but it is a kids movie. I understand that. Right. So, but, but the fact that you have a, a megalomaniac personality mm-hmm. that was that's the really interesting. I feel thing sorry for the that kid's parents. Like yeah, that's absolutely. literally a sign as a line. Yeah. Before like that that that's Earth problem. Yeah. Was that what they said? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's Earth's problem. Okay. Yeah. Um. So she yeah they go through all the things. Um, this is where we find out that, that they can't uh, taste anything or feel anything or hurt anybody. Um, and he, no matter how hard they try, they can't find her spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to remember how exactly they get, back to, they get back to Earth. Okay, so what ends up happening next is they walk out, and she's like, time doesn't exist. And then one of the Jerry's is like, all right, time's up. And they run to her box. Uh-huh. And then they run through her box. Right. And they end up in this area where lost souls are. Mm-hmm. The, this, the, I wanted to say the metaverse. Ugh, no. The, the plane between. Um, ethereal plane? Yeah, the ethereal plane. Like the plane between Earth and the great before. Earth. And they find out there are things called lost souls. and Which are terrifying. Yeah, like, you, you didn't realize that. I forgot about those things, and it, when it started charging at them, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, the Lost Souls are these these big, blobby, gray, uh, dusty-looking things. You know what it reminded me of? glowy yellow eyes. It, it, um, have you ever seen uh, um, Mrs. Peregrine's School, home, School for Extraordinary Children something or something? Something like that? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. So... The little monster in it is what it reminds me of. Okay. You'll have to watch it. I'll have it. to watch it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so and this is this is probably my favorite my favorite part of the whole movie is when they um they run into the ship. The, yeah, right. There's a ship that's capturing lost souls to help them. And what the ship is is crewed by is Um Mystics, Shamans. A guy who's spinning a sign. Moonwind. <laughs> Yes. Um, it's so interesting. So, yeah, so the the crew of the ship are the people that are meditating or are in, quote, the zone on Earth and have ascended um, spiritually to the next plane. To the, in- to the ethereal, ethereal plane. plane. <laughs> I love this so much. Um, and... Uh, they, they're, they meet every, they meet weekly. They meet every Tuesday or something like that. And they capture lost souls and they rehabilitate them. And they're um, on a pirate ship. They're on a pirate ship. Yeah. With a, with a net that they cast out to capture the souls and bring onto the ship. Possibly the black pearl. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty hippy dippy, like super psychedelic ship. So I don't yeah, think it's it a black pearl. Um, <laughs> um, so, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to forget. Okay, so while they're there, that Joe explains 
what's going on. Yeah. And they have Joe meditate, uh-huh. and it opens up his portal back to New York. Right. And he's able, they're able to go through the portal back to Earth without going through the soul realm. So, or the great before. Right. So they're, they, Joe, does he grab 22? He rushes in and pushes 22 in with him. Okay. I don't think he grabs 22. So 22 and Joe end up falling toward Earth, toward his body. Right. So he, he's seeing his body. He's in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. They don't know who he is because apparently he doesn't have ID. Apparently not. They don't know who they don't know who he is. No, he's a jo- John Doe. Oh, okay. That's yeah. He didn't have his wallet on him. Whatever. Um. So yeah, he's got a therapy cat on his lap. He's got a therapy cat on his lap. So do y'all see where this is going? I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of messed it up to begin with. But, but yeah, you kept I, guessing. I was just like, it's worse. It's worse. I think it was just one <laughs> guess. Like my first guess was I knew they were going to fall back into the body, and I figured twenty two would hit the cat. And right. he, you're like, it's worse. I'm like, oh, Joe's going to the cat. She's going into the body. Yes. Pretty, yeah. So they slam in. Joe's now a cat that only 22 can understand as mm-hmm. a person. Everyone else here is a cat. Right. Um, <laughs> and 22, who has always been a soul and didn't want to be a person, is now a person um, in Joe's body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing that happens is 22 doesn't know how to function in a body. 22 doesn't know how to walk. Because... As a new soul, you would end up as a baby, and obviously you grow, right? Mm-hmm. So you learn these things. Well, she's thrown into a, an adult, so she doesn't know how to walk. And she failed the body simulation test, or the body simulator, whatever yeah. that was in the, <laughs> in the great before. Um, so, yeah. So things go awry. And this is where my frustration with this movie starts. Okay. Um, I don't, I like, I don't know how else they would have, like, it's a creative idea, but I don't know. It, it's not really a creative idea because the whole idea of like body switching is not a new idea. No. Um, but basically taking this movie into this direction where it's now just this little like buddy comedy with with this child in a man's body. <laughs> it's kind of weird and almost problematic. Okay, there was one part that we did kind of skip over, which is when they look at Joe's life. Right, yeah. And he realizes how much of his life he's wasted. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch back on that, because actually, there's actually a really interesting parallel between Joe's what Joe saw in the hall of his self and then at the end when he's thinking back on his life. Okay. Um, so... In the hall of himself, he Joe um, looks at his life and he sees a lot of him being alone and chasing this dream of being a jazz musician, mm-hmm. jazz pianist, pianist, um, and it, it hurts him. It, it it saddens him some, right? Um, Which makes him even more desperate to get back into his body, right? Because he feels he has not achieved his dream, right? And his life is wasted because he hasn't achieved being a famous jazz musician. Yeah. All right. So now we're into the part where she's in his body. 22 is in his body and Joe is in a cat. 
<laughs> Joey and the first thing that's kind of unique is that like twenty two is a child, right? To in a lot of it, it varies, you know that that twenty two knows a lot of things because twenty two is really is really old, but mm-hmm. twenty two has a very childish ignorance, right? Uh, but a, a childish wonder too. Yeah, and um, so she's very scared because this is very overwhelming. So she now steps out into basically New York City. Right. And also, Joe Joe's soul kicks out the cat's soul. <laughs> if the cat had a soul. The cat does have a soul because the cat is on the conveyor belt to the great beyond. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. For a split second, they show that. Okay. Um, which, yeah, cats... Cat, I guess cat animals have souls. Dogs, dogs, do. dogs definitely have souls. Dogs I, don't, do. I don't know about cats. Cats are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so this is where it kind of gets a little more interesting to me, and where I see it probably a little different than you do. So the first thing that Joe does is, so twenty two is freaked out and immediately wants to go back to the great before where she's comfortable, right? Uh, because this is overwhelming. Yes. She didn't get childhood to get to this point. She just got kicked into adulthood. Right. And she's doing fairly well, I think. But she's she's at one point in a fetal position and doesn't understand what's going on. Right. And to get her out of that and to show kind of what life is, Joe gives her food. Yeah. And this goes back to before, they couldn't taste. Right. They couldn't taste. They couldn't feel... Yeah, nothing. So the no senses whatsoever. So the first thing she gets is a piece of pizza, and she's like, "Wow, this is great." Mm-hmm. So she's getting these things that are to humans what what makes life worth living to yeah. some people. But which is actually really funny because I, when we were watching that, I identified with that so much because at the time I had lost my sense of taste and smell because I was so sick and so stopped up and I was just like missing that taste. Like I, I felt so sad when I realized I couldn't taste my food. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I didn't realize how bad that would feel. So if I ever lose my sense of taste permanently, I'm going to be really sad. Poor people with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. Okay. So, um, so that brings her kind of a little bit further in, and now she's starting to experience parts of humanity. Yeah. Um, and so the next big scene, I think, is when the student who somehow knows where he lives shows up at his doorstep. Oh, yeah. Well, she comes over for lessons. Oh, is that how it's, it's Yes, it's explained? trombone lessons, yes. Okay. So um, one of the things that Joe does is give music lessons to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got an apartment, which is fairly nice for New York City. I guess it's fairly roomy for New York City. And yeah. um, it has a view, and he's a part-time music teacher. Yeah, so he's, so. M- he's making some sort of yeah, so income. Got to make ends meet somehow. Yeah. Um, and did we touch on her, his... his um, we talked about his mom, right? How she wants him to have a stable career? Yes. Okay. Um, so the next important scene, he he is no longer him. Um, 22 is in his body. The A student 
who had popped up earlier comes to his house and wants to give up trombone trombone music mm-hmm. um, because she's good, mm-hmm. but she feels embarrassed about it. Because the other kids are making fun of her because they feel inadequate because she's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the kids in the middle school, like Ben, do not want to be there. Right. And so Joe's trying to inspire them, but also feels that weight of like 90% of your kids don't care. Yeah. Which sucks, which really, really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen the 10%. We've seen the drummer from earlier who calls him to come yes. to the 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 um, audition. We see this girl now. Yes. Who has skill and talent and love for music. Mm-hmm. And he's not grasping on that 10%. He's letting the 90% weigh him down. Right, yes. He didn't... Yeah, his the look on his cat face when he hears that the um, his old student, who's now the drummer in the in the quartet, said that he was the only reason, like his class was the only reason that he went to school. Like he was surprised, mm-hmm. like it was genuine surprise on his face, on his cat face. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she comes over and. Um, 22, as Joe, has to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Which is what I find really the, the most interesting thing to me is that how capable 22 was of being human. How so? She completely and totally nailed how to talk to this kid. Where, and it might have been like accidental. I, it was totally accidental. She didn't know what she was doing. But... Her ability to human just came through so much that she changed this kid's mind. You must have not been paying attention. No, 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 no. I I was. Like, she was telling the kid she should give up. Yeah, okay. So, it was completely luck. Right. But whatever it was, her ability to human, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute, was, like, able to to solve this situation. Right. In, in In a positive, good way. That I don't think the original Joe could have, because I think you think the original Joe would. Yeah, I think the original Joe would have been like, "What? You're gonna quit? Don't do that. You're so talented." And I don't all think, this stuff. I don't think the original Joe understood anything other than his dream. He was too. He didn't know how to human. Okay. And the next scene kind of says this. Now Joe has to basically get cleaned up. To go to the gig that night. Mm -hmm. So a student does quit. His student goes home. Right. The student decides that, like, when given the option of quitting, she decides she loves music too much to quit. Yeah. And 22 kind of guides her into that that direction, mostly by accident. Yes. Probably completely by accident. But the next place they go is to the barber. Yes, because Joe, as a cat, tries to shave... Mm-hmm. His body, his head shapes his shape his body's head because he's got to <laughs> get he's got to look nice. Yeah, he's got to look nice to get to the gig because oh, we skipped over this part because when he was leaving the hospital, he was in a uh, when they were leaving the hospital, he was only a hospital ground and he ran into the lady that got him the gig mm-hmm. in the first place with a piece of pizza hanging out of his mouth in just a hospital gown in the middle of New York City with a cat on his shoulder with a cat on his shoulder. So he looked. Crazy. crazy. Very crazy. So she, like, went to somebody else. Right. 
and the drummer says, you know, show up at this time looking like Looks dressed sharp, to, dressed to the nines. Yeah, and we'll try. We'll we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah, you, you have to look hella presentable. Right. All right. So now he has to go to the barber, mm-hmm. and this is another like cool thing to me is they show like how um, uh, uh, the barber shop is to the black community. Uh-huh. Like it is a, a, a it is a a place of meeting. It's a social hub. It's a social hub, and for uh, black men, like getting a haircut, going to the barber is a big deal. Like they, you want a good barber. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is a white guys. Like for me, I just need someone to cut my hair consistent. Well, it's a big deal when your hairstylist left. Yeah, my hairstylist just left. I gave her a hug. Yeah, she's gone. She's gone. Um, She's been cutting your hair for like eight years. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not it's not as big a deal. Like, we're not like really, really. I don't I don't feel like in my social circle we care. Like, right. we don't we don't have to keep you it don't have straight like a, tight. You know? Yeah, we, you don't have a bond. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about what? Like, just like the the sharpness of our haircut is uh-huh. the is it the same as what like black men want their haircuts to be? Okay. They won't literally, like, they won't, like, a very, very good haircut. White guy, white men, like, for me, the people I know, we're like, make it nice and neat, you know. And so the the either guy or girl is just kind of, you know, churning you through. A little small talk. Let's go on. Move on with our business. But for the barbershop, it is an experience. It's a shave. It's them really getting fine and detailed. And, um, you know. I can, I will say, I do enjoy a, a hot shave mm-hmm. at a barber. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it seems, I've I've seen you get a hot shave at a barber shop, and it seems very relaxing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the, that's the, the equivalent is, for women is probably a facial. So. Or mani-pedi or something mani-pedi like that. Mani-pedi facial, yeah. It's something where you're really treating yourself. Right. And, uh, yeah, like for, um, for me... I don't do it very often, but when I do get a shave, it is very nice. Like, just to lay back. And um, I didn't do it for a long time. But mm-hmm. now, like, it, there is a there's a trust issue to me. Like, it, it wasn't so easy to just lay back, close my eyes, and just enjoy it. Okay. But, like, once I got through that, now, like, I'll get one every now and then. And it is kind of, you know, a, a treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you look really good afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's great. feels yeah. great. All right, so um, anyway, he goes to the barbershop. This is my thing about the barbershop. Again, 22 humanized, humaned better than Joe ever did. Yeah, 22, 22 basically talked about her own existential crisis. But, like, brought it out and in the barber, asked the yes. barber questions. and like, like, formed a relationship with the barber that Joe never could form in however many years he's been going to see that barber and the barber said it like the only thing you ever wanted to talk about was jazz you never wanted to talk about yeah. me or my family like the barber said i had other dreams before you know being a, i didn't want to be a barber i wanted to be a veterinarian right but that didn't happen i had kids life happened and this is a good job and i'm extremely happy with my life right so yeah so we're seeing the parallel between the barber's life and Joe's life is that Joe doesn't have kids. Joe doesn't have a wife. Joe doesn't really have – Joe. all Joe really has is his mom. And, and jazz. And jazz. Like, 
he's let his dream take over his life to the point where he hasn't lived his life. Mm-hmm. And and you see, like, 22 has already lived more of her life. You see 22 doing things that are childlike at times, like laying on the um, the air vent. <laughs> yeah, from the subway. From the subway. Yeah. And and seeing, like, a leaf and, like, looking at the sky. and I still do that, man. Um, yeah, I wish I, I could more. I stare up at the sky. I stare up at the clouds. I look at leaves. I love – that's what I – I hope tomorrow's clear so we can see the, uh, there's a, a lunar eclipse tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah, that's why I miss fall so much because I loved all the leaves mm-hmm. and I loved looking at the transition uh, and all the gorgeous colors. Yeah, we don't have a good fall in no. Louisiana. Sorry. No. Uh, but, like, when I look at this movie, I see it as Joe wasn't a real great human being. He wasn't a bad person. He was just so obsessed with his dream that he just was kind of selfish, kind of, you know, it was all about him. Yeah. And you see that with the barber, I think, like mostly, the biggest part. Yeah. Yeah, He Joe must have talked about himself a lot yeah. and just talked about jazz. And literally, like, when they walked out, like, he was so surprised that 22 formed this relationship so quickly. So, like, when I say 22, like, yeah, the barber. Better. The barber even says, "Like, well, you never asked me about my life." Yeah. Okay, so they go from there, and now he has to go get a suit. So he goes to his mom, or his pants split. Yeah, he's bending down to get something. I forget what he drops. Um, and so yeah, he sorry. rips. He rip. What? I, I snorted. Oh, yep. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> we should have brought some tissues down here. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, he rips his pants. He's got to go to his mom, who has a uh, an alterations business. She, she's a company. tailor, I she's guess. A, yeah, she's a tailor, seamstress, whatever. Um, and so the conflict comes back. Yes, the and he doesn't want to go there because, because he doesn't want her to know about the gig. Right. So they go in, and Joe, as the cat, is try is telling. The human Joe. 22 what to as say. Joe. You're right. What to say to the mom to try to get the pants. And it's just not working. And then 22 takes over and talks to the mom about dreams and all this other stuff. Well, Joe is still telling her what to say. Does he? Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. Does he all the time? Yes. I feel like, um. I, I feel like at the end that he was looking at... 22 amazed maybe i missed that maybe i missed this scene yeah because because he said okay because it's the conflict starts when joe the cat (laughs) says something that he actually doesn't want 22 to repeat and 22 ends up repeating it out loud and um joe's mom hears it and is and gets upset and so joe finally has to confront her about how her lack of support has made him feel over the years. But she also says how he, she wants just him to have security because when she goes away, who's going to take care of him? Because ha- he has nothing else. He doesn't else. have anybody, yeah. And his dad, who is also a musician, mm-hmm. only survived because of her dress shop. Right. So she gave his dad, who is his inspiration, his dream, but... Joe doesn't have anybody. Right. I, I I might have missed this scene a little bit. Like I said, I wasn't into it as much as you were. 
maybe I was a little phased out. I thought the cat was talking. I thought 22 was talking. I thought this was another instance of 22 humanizing better than Joe ever could. No, it was, yeah, it was definitely Joe the cat telling so, 22 as Joe. So Joe the cat it's, said every line? Yes. Okay, okay, I missed Basically that. fed her the lines about when you say this, I feel this way, and um, I feel like you're not supporting me and all that. Okay, um, okay. And so, but because of, because of the fact that um, 22 blurted out that line that, like, that Joe said, like, oh, she's never supported me in any of this or whatever he said. Joe finally has to reconcile, basically, with his mom mm-hmm. about this. And that's when she she is finally like, okay, and gets out dad's pretty blue suede suit or whatever. It's not suede, but. Yeah, his suit. It's a really like, nice suit. Gives it to Joe and mm-hmm. is, is her giving her blessing. Yes. All right. Um, so the gig happens. It's great. Wonderful. Everything happens. Wait, no, no, no. Is there another part that I'm missing? Like after he gets the suit. Oh, he's got a He doesn't yeah, he doesn't get he doesn't get to go. Yeah. He doesn't get to go to the gig. So just before the gig happens. Terry, right? No. Terry has been pursuing them. Yes. Almost catches them. Yes. But they also have to meet the shaman dude who spins the sign so they can can switch switch back. back. Yes. So this is where we are. So, okay. Um, so they're supposed to meet the the shaman dude who is just a guy who Moonwind. Moonwind. Who who is just in the zone doing? He's he's a how how, how would you describe this profession? He's the the sign Quizno sign spinner. Yeah, he's the Quizno sign spinner guy on the corner of whatever whatever and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So they (laughs) go to him and they're supposed to switch back. And he's in the zone. But 22 realizes she likes, she's feeling things now and understands what being, what, even though you have mortality as being human, you also get to feel. Yes. Which is, I think the biggest thing that I got, got from that was like she, previous to this, she'd never wanted to be human because she knew there was an expiration date. Right. And... She was okay just existing in this pre-beyond. Yeah, great before. Great before, sorry. Um, <laughs> and um, But when she gets to being human, she realizes that there's a lot more to being human, which is all these feelings, taste, you know. Experiences. Experiences. Yeah. Um, she loves music, but that's because she's part of Joe. Uh, but th- there's all these things that now she's like, I can't give this up. And Joe gets mad. Yep. This is the the, the, the conflict now. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so, and 22 just runs away with Joe's body. Mm-hmm. And the cat is running after her and ends up, they end up going to the subway. And that's when Terry catches them. Like, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, which, love. what's lovely is that the, soul, the cat's soul gets... Taken back to the cat's body, and cat gets to go back to cat's yeah. owner. Crazy cat lady. Happy cat. Happy cat lady. <laughs> and then they're back in the great before. And then Terry gets back into his body. No, I'm sorry. Terry's... Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe gets back in his body for the gig. 
No, 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 no. Because they, sorry, we're skipping over a bunch of stuff. Because when they get back to the great before, they see that, um, that 22's badge has turned into a little world badge. Like 22 finally found her spark. Okay. We don't know what exactly sparked her, mm-hmm. but she found her spark. So, um, uh, Joe makes her feel bad. Because earlier she said once she found her spark, she would give her badge to Joe. Right. And now she doesn't want to give her badge to Joe. Well, she... Because she's found her spark. Right. And Joe says some mean things to her. And she ends up throwing the badge at him. Mm -hmm. And And so Joe takes the badge and he goes back back to to Earth. Earth. And he plays the gig of his life. And everything is successful. His mom, like, is there. And it seems like Joe, Joe has got everything he wants. Mm-hmm. But there's the nagging feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, is it a nagging feeling or does Terry catch him again? Terry doesn't catch him. Okay. He, I, I hope we're not screwing this up. He goes back to his apartment he goes back to his apartment and he relives his life again on the while playing the piano because he takes all these little like trinkets out. Yeah, the that trinkets she that the twenty two had collected in in his pocket. Um a pizza crust and sucker and a uh, half of a bagel. And a leaf. And a yeah, a little one of those little twirly twirly gigs. These are the, all the things that like just she saw during the day that like made her realize being human was a you know, experience. Right. Um, so he's playing the piano, he gets in the zone, and we totally went, we totally skipped over the whole idea that the zone, like, being in the zone, it, it, everybody knows what what that means, like, being in the zone Mm. of whatever you're doing, gets you, ascends you to the ethereal plane. Right. So he plays the piano, he's getting in the zone, trying to get back to the plane, I think. Well, I think he has his little, like, flashback. Before that, right? I think so. Where he relives, like earlier we saw what he thought his life was. Right. And it was all disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because after the gig, he says, I thought I'd feel different. And that's when the jazz lady says um, the thing about the fish and the water and the oceans. The, f- the, the fish. Um, it, There's two fish. fish one, w- one says, the f- one fish says, I'm looking for the ocean. The um, other fish says, you're in the ocean. The fish says, no, this is water. I want the ocean. Mm-hmm. Which is, a take it however you will. It's actually a really good line. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, like she says, yeah, tomorrow we get to come back and do it again. And Joe realizes that, wait, maybe this isn't what I've wanted my whole life. Right. Like this, I mean, this isn't the end all be all for me. This isn't like. Yeah, like I wanted to, I wanted this to complete me, and I don't feel complete. Mm-hmm. So, so then he goes back and he's playing the piano, and he starts to his hall of Joe changes. It doesn't really change, but the sh- the shift the perspective shifts. Okay, and I'll say this because you've got two particular. I've got two specific scenes that I'm thinking of in his little hall of me, hall of Joe. Um, 
one is where he's teaching um and he the, sees the, the drummer the, guy the drummer guy and he's and the first in the first scene when they're walking through hall of joe he's really frustrated with him but now joe sees that he inspired him he inspired him to be to really be a drummer and go out and get that dream and then the scene where <coughs> Excuse me, the scene where he's eating the pie alone, he remembers the pie and that it was delicious. Mm-hmm. So not that he was alone. Not that he was alone. But there's other parts where he's like riding a bike and then seeing his dad and yeah. stuff like that, where it feels like he's realizes his life isn't incomplete. Right. So at this point he travels to the the ethereal plane. To try to find 22. Mm-hmm. And 22 has become a lost soul. Yes. Because 22 feels like she has no purpose. Right. Now she's feral. <laughs> feral 22. Um, <laughs> so a struggle begins a to struggle try begins. to try and save 22. And what we get from this is that 22, over her millennia of being the soul, because she was so... Because she went through so many mentors, every one of them said something horrible to her. Yeah. Always told her how she wasn't good enough. It wasn't right. She wasn't right. And that's why she never found her spark. And we also find out that a spark isn't like your purpose in life. Yeah. It is. It's just a spark. It's just what makes you decide you want to go live. Yeah. The Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing that the Jerry said is that like, they, he calls it that's so basic. Like, yes, your spark isn't your purpose. Like, what is with you humans and trying to find your purpose? Like, it's so basic. Mm-hmm. So, like, the point of the idea of having your purpose in life might just be stupid to the Jerry's. And that kind of is like, you know, Joe, his purpose was stupid. His purpose was to, like, to him, his purpose was to be a great jazz musician, but he missed out on life. Right. His his purpose, I mean, whatever his, we're not even going to talk about the pur- uh, purpose, but like what was important was the people that he touched mm-hmm. and the students that he inspired by by being a teacher, when which he thought was a waste of time. Um. So they end up catching Feral 22. Mm-hmm. And the little whirly gig, little whirly gig seed leaf thing is what gets her out. Um, and she's finally ready to go. And. Uh, so they get to the edge. They, yep, they get to the edge, and she says, She's scared. And Joe says, I'll go with you. She says, You know, you can't do that. And, she's like, and he says, I will go as, as far as I can. Mm-hmm. And they jump together. And they're flying toward Asia. They're flying towards India. <laughs> and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we want her to be American. <laughs> we want her to be. Hopefully she's not in the caste system of Indians. <laughs> not in the lower caste system. Oh, God. What's, what's happening? Um, <laughs> we don't understand how this all works. We don't understand if you're, like, hit somewhere or not. We don't. No. None of this is explained, but Mm-mm. just the joke that was made She's at the time. She's headed towards India. Um, <laughs> no offense to India and 
Yes, let's not let's not like insult a billion people. Yeah, I'm not insulting you guys. It's just like it. Sorry, <laughs> it's <laughs> no. for that was for comedy. Um, <laughs> um, and so she goes, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe goes back, and he has. Basically, he's become at peace with the fact that he's going to go to the Great Beyond. Right. Which we still don't know what it is. Right. But he's going. Yeah, he's going to the Great Beyond. But we do get a sense of kind of what it is because we see the three old ladies get taken up. Okay. So they they weren't all old ladies. It was just three three entities on the belt that he meets to begin with. One old lady and... Two other things. Two other Like, they people. there's a male and a female and yeah. whatever. What did you get as the first sense when you saw those three? And this is the very beginning of the movie. This is kind of looping back. What do you mean? Like, what What did you think of? Did you think of three things? The Golden Girls? I thought of the Fates. The Fates? Oh, yeah. I see that. <laughs> is that the Golden Girls? <laughs> yeah, no. There are four. <laughs> there are four Golden Girls. Um, yeah, the Fates, totally. Um, but yeah, what I was okay, going so. at was, um, that when they got to the end of the conveyor belt and the, the three, the three fates, so the three ladies, um, ascended, they lost their, their form mm-hmm. and were just kind of either absorbed or kind of became light. released yeah. Yeah, into In- the universe. Energy? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. they became energy, which I, which I think is kind of what happens. Your energy is just like redistributed. Oh, okay. Um, see that. So, but yeah, getting to the end of the of the movie. Um, <laughs> so Joe's on the conveyor belt. He's going to the great beyond, and then one of the one of the the main Jerry that we've been following this whole time, um, interrupts his conveyor belt journey, and says, "Hey, we're so impressed by how you know you gave twenty two her spark after all of this millennia, that we're going to give you a second chance." I disagree. You disagree? Okay. Yes. Go ahead. You disagree with what I just said? No, no, no. You're right. Okay. I disagree with the Jerry. Oh. <coughs> I don't okay. think he did enough to get his his second chance. You don't think he did enough? Nope. But, like, take it from their point of view. But take it from... 22 of, like, 2 trillion and something billion Whatever. souls. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Okay. Take it from this point of view. He, even at the end, at the end he changed. At the very end he at changed. At the very right. end he changed. But the entire time he was kind of self-serving. He was totally self-serving. Like, to me, the barber, like, said that he was not a good person. I wouldn't go he that far. He wasn't bad. He wasn't he's bad. Just, like, he's not Hitler. Yeah, he's just not nice. He's just not like this guy. He's, he's been just cutting your self hair involved. for years, and he's like, "Well, why didn't I ever know this about you?" And it's like, "Cause you only talked about jazz. You only talked about you." Yeah. You know, I have a. I'm a person too, so I understand that he had to do this to make the movie complete. Right. But I also would say that, like, I don't think he served his term of penance. Okay. I think they should have made They should have made him a mentor and made him do a whole go-around. I think he needed to do multiple mentors. Make him a a permanent mentor? Uh, Yes. Multiple mentorships to earn his place? Yes. Okay. 
Um, sure, I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, anyway, what's the funny part about this is, yeah, so he opens up a little door next to the conveyor belt, and he's like, here's, here's Earth if you want to go back. And he's like, well, what about Terry? <laughs> and how do they how do they fix it with Terry? How do they fix the the count with they Terry? They trick him. They freaking trick him <laughs> because they're jerks. <laughs> they're like Terry, look over there. Oops, we're gonna move this one little dilly dad on, on the, the abacus. abacus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. What were you saying? Why is your count off? It's, it's not. It's good. It's, it's not. It's fine. See, it's fine. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're assholes to Jerry to Terry. Oh, the Jerry's Terry. are assholes to Terry. <laughs> Poor Terry is just trying to do his job. Yep. Terry is just the the good worker. Yep. Terry is all about accuracy. Terry is the victim. <laughs> the Jerry's are the perpetrators. They are the perpetrators <laughs> of like, they are like, yeah, they are the horrible people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so end of the movie. Joe gets to go back. He gets a second chance. He gets to live his life to the fullest, whatever mm. that looks like to him. Right. And we don't know what that looks like. We don't, because the movie ends. Okay, so a couple of things. They kind of brought up a lost love that they didn't really develop. Yeah, where's Lisa? There, yeah, that was the thing. There, there was a lost love in there. Someone named Lisa. Um, <laughs> and, like, um, one of the things uh, uh, when uh, 22 was, like, looking and getting her little, like, leaf thing – was a dad and a daughter or something like that, and seeing these, like, emotions of humanity. Yeah. Um, we don't know if Joe gets that or not. We don't know what happens really next for Joe. Right. And Joe's, that's fine. Joe's middle-aged, but he can still do whatever. But, like, to me, there was a part. There was, like, an, an opportunity where you make Joe find Lisa. Joe and Lisa fall in love. They have a... But a child, and the soul that goes in that child is... 22! Wouldn't that have been the better ending? Yeah. That would have been funny. Like, they kind of set it up and just didn't didn't give us the payoff. Didn't nope. give me the payoff anyway. This is interesting because, yeah, once the souls are put into their respective bodies, they forget. Yeah. Right? I guess. They have to forget because they, they don't remember the great before. Right. Unless that, uh, I don't know if this is an urban legend at this point, but there's a story about um, this little, this mom who kind of, who kind of peeks into uh, the daughter's bedroom and the daughter, the little toddler daughter is talking to baby <sighs> daughter or baby or just, new, or just baby. And, and is talking to baby and says, you have to tell me what heaven it looks like because I'm forgetting. You ever heard that? I think I've heard something similar to it. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, if that's true, that's really interesting. But it's probably not true. But it's actually, it's really sweet if it's not. And also pretty interesting. <laughs> All right. So we, we, we finished the movie. Yeah, we finished the movie. Um, and we actually got a whole hour of it. You were worried that we weren't we weren't going to have enough content. Yeah, I didn't think we were. Um, <laughs> I kind of got into a groove there. I might have talked a little more than I should have. That's okay. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. Like I said, I, I talked well about it, but I didn't love the movie. Okay. Well, do you want to announce the next movie? 
if anybody has an idea, please DM yes. us, email us at couplexy.com. Yeah, and we skipped our whole please rate and review our podcast. Please and rate and review, do all that. Send us a line at couplexypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, DM us on Facebook. We yes. have a, a Facebook page, Couple uh-huh. XY Podcast. Couple XY Podcast. Uh, but y'all, y'all feel free to do any of that. If y'all have a movie that you would like us to watch and review, we we would do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have a question, if you want to, if you want to drop us a question and have us answer it on the air, do that. Um, but and and I think we're gonna try to do this like movie thing once a month. Yeah. So the next one I want to do, and I've thought about this was Demolition Man. Okay. Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone. 1990, I don't know, six, seven, something Sandra like that. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. So we might look at that movie next, but, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Yep. Um, if something comes up, and I guess we'll do this, what, maybe the second week of every month or something like that? Something like that, yeah. We'll try to do it once a month. Yeah, we'll do it a month from today, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, but, y'all, thank y'all for listening. Uh, if that... If that's something you like, hit a thumbs up, you know. Rate and review. Yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. You guys are quiet. We're so quiet. So quiet. Uh, but um, I hope, uh, yeah, if y'all, if you enjoy the podcast, just let us know. Like, we're putting this out there. Yep. We're putting it into the, into the, the, the zeitgeist. Yeah. We're part of the zeitgeist. We're part of, we're trying to be part of the zeitgeist. We've got some... A following. A following. <laughs> <laughs> Five average. Oh, per don't say that. <laughs> That's so bad. Don't. I wasn't gonna say it. Okay. Uh, but hey, you know what? Whatever. We've got over two hundred plays. So two hundred plays total. Which is good. We're on episode what twenty now? I guess maybe one day it'll catch on. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Otherwise, we're just doing this for fun. So yeah, um, listen to each other. Oh, be kind. Yeah. I forgot our exit. (laughs) And we will talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye.